One does not simply walk into geekdom. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. You're a nerd. Damn right. I'm a nerd. Naturally. All things geek are up for grabs. Music. Skits, comedy, or sitcoms. Dr. Who. I love Tim. Hurt. The Flash. Green Lantern. The Trinity. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. The Joker. Wait a minute. I want to talk about the Joker. Star Wars. Love me some Star Wars. Magic. I'm an art guy. Paranormal. Halloween is life. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes, to the Nerd United Nations podcast. I'm Melissa Nicholson, the ambassador for the Great White North of Canada. And with me, as always, from the Midwest United States is Jared Boots. How are you, Jared? I'm melting! I'm <laughs> melting! What a world! <laughs> you too, the mid- huh? Midwest, the Midwest United States is like a great ball of fire right now. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, up here, the, uh, up here in old Canada, it's uh, a big ball of humidity. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. This time of year is definitely hard on us that like to wear black all the time. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the weather. What are we here to talk about today? Well, it being our first episode of our second year, we thought it'd be appropriate to talk talk about our favorite sequels since our first episode was about our favorite movies. So, little, uh, I don't know what I was going to go with there. little um, tongue-in-cheek homage to our first episode. When we're talking about our favorite movies, now we're going to talk about our favorite sequels. Mm-hmm. So, well, as always, we're going we're gonna to do our top ten. We'll go bounce back and forth, chat a little bit. Some of Melissa's I haven't seen in quite some time, so it might be a little bit of a one-sided conversation on some of those. But, um... As always, Melissa has about 20 honorable mentions. <laughs> I, I actually only have four, so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> wow. Mark this, mark, this, mark this down in Nerd Nation's history. For once, Jared has more honorable mentions than Melissa. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna get my revenge next time then. <laughs> hey, hey, go back and play the tapes, man. Even the live video you had look how many honorable mentions you had for feel good movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's look, I think she's I think after a while people are like, I think she's just listing movies now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, that's how it goes. It's like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, this is feel good, this is feel good. Quote, unquote, feel good, but it counts, you know. <laughs> All right, so, Melissa, what are your honorable mentions for your favorite sequels? 
my honorable mentions are um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, um, Lethal Weapon 2, Despicable Me 2, and one I actually just saw very recently um, was Gremlins, the second batch. That is a good one. We just celebrated its 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, I, I, it was really good. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's. It. Uh, I'm still more partial to the first one, but I do love the second yeah. one. The second one is also on my uh, on my honorable mentions list. Um, the good thing about Gremlins too is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is. Yeah. And it's poking fun at itself. So. Yeah. It's always a good. Uh, it's always good when a movie's self-aware of what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. Like you just, yeah, you know that this is what it is, and it's just it's going with it, and it's it's also having fun with it too. And you know, like yeah, the first one is always going to be the best one. Like that one's, you know, but the second one is also, you know, worth a few good watches. Like it's not one that you just, you know, throw off to the side. It's uh, it's still a lot of fun. So, well, you could you could compare it to another movie that we're both going to be talking about here pretty soon. Uh, you could compare the two Gremlin movies to uh, the Bill and Ted movies here, which we'll both be talking about those here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, real quick before we get into the list, before we blow too much of the lead, bury the lead too much here. Um, my honorable mentions are D two, the Mighty Ducks are back. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, and Slapshot 2. Nice. I don't think I've I don't think I've seen Slapshot 2. It's not the best movie in the world. The only returning cast you get are the Hanson brothers, which to be honest, that's the only reason why we watch the Slapshot movies to begin with is the Hanson brothers. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Is it, like, still worth a watch, though? Uh, if you're in the mood for a hockey movie, yeah, it's worth a watch. So, yeah, Stephen, uh, Stephen Baldwin's in it. So this movie was made much later, well, I'd say at least almost 20 years after the first one was. So I never saw Slapshot 3, so... Mm. <laughs> I I had no idea there was a third one, but then I didn't know that there was a second one until mm-hmm. recently. So, <laughs> okie dokie. Awesome. But uh, so Melissa, let's just jump right into it. Uh, what is your number ten sequel? Uh, my number 10 sequel is Sherlock Holmes' The Game of Shadows. Ah, uh, yes. And this is where the one-sided conversation is going to come from, because I haven't <laughs> seen this one in forever. <laughs> Actually, neither neither have I, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was... You know, I love the first one. The first one, like, even though... With the first one, I was very skeptical of how it was going to be because, okay, that's it's not really a reboot. It's just another incarnation of Sherlock Holmes. And so it was sort of, 
oh, how is this going to be? But then seeing the, the first movie, it was just amazing. Like, so much fun and, you know, great story and everybody was, you know, really good in it. And then, you know, then they had plans for the sequel and the sequel came out and it was just as good as, as the first. Um, maybe a little bit better. I don't know. But I, I loved it just as much as the first. You know, the, the characters, the story, and uh, and I, I'm hoping that there's going to be a third one. They keep threatening that they're going to do a third one. <laughs> they keep saying, oh, we're, we're planning it, we're planning it. They keep just throwing it out there, but I don't know. I, I hope it happens, because it definitely, like, the second one certainly set up for that. So... We'll see, but uh, I'm I'm good with just the two for now, anyway. So, um, but yeah, I definitely love the the second one. It was that again, that sort of still lighthearted, but uh, again, like a lot of sequels sometimes are like a darker story, and um, so yeah, I uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed that one. So, well. It's- it's not like Tony. It's not like uh, just Robert Downey Robert. Jr. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. is being tied down by some superhero franchise anymore. I almost <laughs> called him Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked up on that. I'm like, wait, is, what? <laughs> I start. <laughs> I just I just blanked on it. I've seen Robert Downey Jr. in a million things that aren't Iron Man or Avengers movies. <laughs> I just. <laughs> spaced on me it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny <laughs> I can't even I can't even blame being tired on that I can just blame I'm stupid because I have a Clinton edu- Clinton high school education because <laughs> it's so 11 o'clock in the morning I can't blame being tired on that <laughs> Robert uh... Downey jr <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, hopefully the, hopefully the franchise isn't too forgotten by now that they could do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it would be. Um, I think it would be, you know, I think there still would be excitement about it because it has been sort of a, a long-awaited thing because they've been like, you know, putting little things out there for I don't know how long now. So, I'm sure there's there's you know fans of the of the first two films that are really looking forward to a possible third one. So, and yeah, Robert Downey Jr. has he's got he's got lots of time now. So, <laughs> and I I almost called him Tony. So <laughs> I was like, ah, no, no, <laughs> slow it down and think. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> it's just almost as bad as uh, as me when I go down to the states and I and you guys call pop soda. I have to literally slow down and rewire my brain to say soda. It's hilarious. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't even bring that up down here. Don't even bring it up down here. <laughs> I I don't even drink the stuff anymore, and watching people freak out over something like that is just hilarious to me. 
<laughs> they, then you go down to Georgia and they call it all Coke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully the I'm sure I I know some friends that probably go see a third uh, Sherlock Holmes film. My buddy Jacob that got me to watch the first two. I know he'll be pretty on board for that. Um, maybe get Jude Law back so he can uh, make us forget the fact that he was in that crappy Captain Marvel movie that came out last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two, Cap- two Captain Marvel movies came out in 2019, and Jude Law was in the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for yeah. those of you who do not know your comic book terminology, Shazam was originally called Captain Marvel, i.e. that was the good Captain Marvel movie that came out in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I will never miss an opportunity to crap on that movie. Mm. No, neither, neither will I. <laughs> Any moment to do it, I'm taking it. <laughs> Okay. Is that all there is to say about that? Yes, I think so. We can move on. All right. Well, my number 10 is a little bit of an older movie. And it has a lot of nostalgia for me. And that is, I believe it's from 96 or 97. And that's Grumpier Old Men with uh, Walter Matthau and uh, Jack Lemmon. See, those names roll off, roll off, rolled off my tongue a lot better than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> those are two men that have been passed away for almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Well, not quite 20 years. They both passed away when I was in high school, which depresses me that I've been out of high school for almost 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> in three years, I go to my union. Jared, what have you been doing the last 20 years? Well... I talk about nerdy shit on the internet with a girl from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> well, getting back on, on a train of thought. Uh, uh, grumpier Old Men. I used to watch this a bunch as a kid just because it's so damn funny. And I love the second, or I love the first one too. And, this is something you're probably going to hear me bring up a couple times on these on this list is um, one of the things that's successful to a good sequel is it brings back a lot of the original cast to it, and uh, so they brought they brought back Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, Burgess Meredith, and Anne Margaret, and uh, Kevin Pollock and Daryl Hannah, and brought them all back over to the new one. The only person they missed out was Ozzy Davis because his character passed away. And then they add in Sophia Loren and uh, forgive me, I don't know the name who one of the name the name of the woman who plays her mother in the movie, but both terrific additions to the cast and it's just as funny as the first one was, and it still has that little bit of heart in it too. Mm. So and Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau were like like the Abbott and Costello of their day, where they just had that good on-screen chemistry. They're one of my favorite on-screen duos, much like, um, I'm blanking right now, but I've seen so many 
like uh, like Gene Walden and Richard Pryor, who have good on screen chemistry, or Trey Parker and Matt Stone, even though they're not on screen a whole bunch, though they created South Park together. Um, just some of those on screen pairs that are just work so well together when you see them in multiple projects together. And I think Grumpy Old Men, Grumpy Old Men is like maybe the third or fourth movie I think they've done together. Um, well, I guess for more modern audiences, uh, a good comparison would be Kevin Hart and The Rock working together. That'd be a good modern uh, comparison. They're like mm-hmm. a good two-person duo that you see a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I recently saw uh, Grumpy Old Man, and I-, I love that. That was so funny. Like, I just... You know, it had been a very long time since I had watched a movie where, like, my stomach hurt from laughing so hard. And it was, this was one of them where it's just, oh, my God. The two of them are just, oh, <laughs> they're, they're the absolute best. And, I, like, I, I still have yet to see the second one, but I definitely want to see the second one. <laughs> yeah, the, the second one is like a lot of the first it's like it's essentially like the first movie again only a little bit differently new woman comes to town and shenanigans start up again it's 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 good and mm-hmm. i really enjoy it. i think i probably as a kid i probably watched that one i probably watched the sequel more than the first one because mm. that uh that first one has that heavy moment towards the end when jack lemon has his heart attack and um yeah. And then Chuck, then Chuck also passes away too halfway through the film. Um, number two does have a heavy moment in it. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, it's got a lot. It's it's got the same comedy as the uh, as the first one. Okay, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure it, I'm sure it does. So I'm definitely, yeah. Um, and I and I kind of had the feeling it would be sort of the same. A little bit of the same story, except maybe a couple, you know, a couple different characters. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it because it'll just be a, just as fun as the first. So <laughs> I, I really, I really thought it would speak out to the curmudgeon in you, like you say you, that you claim to have. <laughs> oh, it, it freaking did! <laughs> it, it totally did. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the the curmudgeon and the uh and and a bit of the the shit disturber cuz they you know they're always kind of, you know, doing shit to each other, right? So it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those two things totally. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely get more of that in the second one too. <laughs> it's just oh. as funny as it is in the first one. <laughs> Uh, I definitely got to see this now. I think I have well, it in a watch list somewhere. Nice. I, you have to let me know what you think of it. it, it I think you'll like it. Mm. You're going to want to go back. Hey, can we re-record? I want to add that one to my list now, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like 20 more movies to add to my honorable mentions. Because <laughs> I didn't add enough last time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let you beat me, damn it. No. <laughs> I can't lose. <laughs> I'm the queen of honorable mentions. 
And I'm going to hold that title. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your number nine for honorable mentions? Or, I mean, number uh, take two. Hey, get that sequel, take two. <laughs> what is your What is your number nine for favorite sequels? Uh, my number nine for favorite sequels is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And I know you've only seen, what, Goblet of Fire? I've seen Goblet of Fire one and a half times. <laughs> I watched the half time. The half time came when I was at the gym a few years ago and the sound was off. But I looked up at it and go, is this, is this Goblet of Fire? <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. A, yeah so, you being, so you being the resident Harry Potter uh, expert on the show, I'll let you take it over. <laughs> um, yeah, this one is definitely a. Oh, honestly, like I love all the all the films, but um, you know this one was was definitely just as good as the as the first, and um, certainly you know fairly loyal to the book as I was. Um, like basically reading the books and then seeing the movies, and um, this one was just as much fun and and like my favorite thing about it was like it being there was there was the lighthearted and then there was also that little bit of like a darker tone to it, sort of near the end. Like at the beginning, it's very lighthearted and they they take a um, Harry gets busted out of um, Privet Drive. Um, by I think it it was Ron and his two brothers Fred and George and in a flying car and so they bust him out and they take him to Hogwarts and that is just like the most fun scene or no they don't take him to Hogwarts they or do they ah oh, I can't remember I'm blanking on the story and how it goes now but you know some Harry Potter fan is gonna be yelling at me for scrambling up my stuff oh no they ended up in a, a Whomping Willow that completely beat up the car. And then the car went on its own. When they dropped out of the tree, they got out of the car. It spit out their stuff from the, the trunk. And then it drove off into the Forbidden Forest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ron was like, oh, my dad's going to be so mad. Because <laughs> they, they basically, they, uh, Ron Weasley's father works for the Ministry of Magic. And it was a, a Ministry of Magic vehicle. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, it was just as much fun as the first. And, and um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And, like, again, all the characters were there, all the, you know, from the first one. And, and it's certainly one that's, like, it's been consistent throughout. Like, everybody's been in the in all the movies there hasn't been any changes or anything there's additions of characters but there's it's been consistent throughout so that's what i really like about the the movie series too is you get the same people throughout so it's uh but yeah the the second one was really really good so yeah so, so maybe one of these days i'll sit down and watch the harry potter movies um Maybe, <laughs> but um, yeah, that is a good thing to a good thing. To, uh, 
a keynote to a successful sequel is uh, consistency with your casting. Oh, then after a while, if, if you pull, I'm trying to think of something uh, off the top of my head with like a casting change, um, where it just kind of pulls you out of it. Um, I guess like in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, you had Batman Begins, you have Katie Holmes, and then in Dark Knight, you have uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm playing uh, the same character so something like that can be a little jarring yeah yeah absolutely um i had one in my head and i I lost it now but but yeah it's it's always good when you have when when you have the same actors okay they sign up for the next one or whatever or it might have even been i don't know if it was a contracted thing where there's they basically signed up for the whole run i don't know but you know, um, to have everybody in all the movies was was really good because it would it would have been kind of weird to have, or or like if somebody else played, you know, Hermione Granger or somebody else played Harry Potter or whatever, it would have been really weird. And I, you know, I'm sure there would have been hell to pay from a lot of fans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that would have been that would have been really. Like yeah, it probably wouldn't wouldn't have been as good. I don't know, or maybe it would have, but yeah, it would have been kind of kind of jarring to see oh somebody else playing that role. So yeah, the only way you could really get away with it is if you skip far ahead into the future and uh, had like adult versions of them. If you had, like mm. kept them in the first movies when they were really young still. And they just flew far ahead in the future and had somebody play them as adults. Then you could probably get away with different casting, but mm-hmm. they probably—I think they—if I remember correctly—they pumped these movies out like in succession pretty quickly, didn't they? Oh yeah, um, yeah. It, it wasn't too long after you know the first one that the second one was being made and then coming out. Like it was—I don't even—I don't know how how the succession went, but it was pretty quick. Like it wasn't um, like I said. Like yeah, that read the basically yeah. It was like read the book, see the movie. Read the book, see the movie. Like it was just that consistent pattern for however many years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and working with kids, you got to work fast too because um, kids grow up fast. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. probably what's going to do it. If one thing could doom Shazam too, it's gonna to be those kids growing up so fast. And oh, exactly. look what look what happened between it and it chapter two is the kids aged so much in that two years between the two films that they had to de-age the kids in uh, number two yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and you can in certain scenes you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what I think too—it's not blatantly—it's not blatantly noticeable, but it's still noticeable. Yeah, what I think too is, you know, it seemed to work, as you know, the kids, you know, they started out as really young kids, and then, you know, you see them grow up through the years, and I think it worked really well. I think for for the number of years, and then seeing them age and, and grow, and I think it worked very well. Like, it just, they, they grew up, and, and it basically, like, for me, too, like, I grew up with them. You know, I was around the same age seeing these movies, and so I'm 
you know, aging with them. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think it, it really worked with these films. Absolutely. There, there wasn't a moment where it, like it, you know, there was never a moment where it seemed, where it would seem awkward. It was just, they're, you know, young kids getting into, you know, preteen and then teenager and, you know, so it, it really worked out well, I think. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's proof to their success right there. They did, they did it smart. Didn't take years off in between to do it. No. No. All right. So my number nine is where I'm going to start pissing people off because I have this one so low and all these other movies ahead of it, and that is The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Why I'm going to start to piss a lot of people one? off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a very good question, angry Melissa voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a poor angry voice. <laughs> Voice of angry female internet listener. <laughs> the reason why the reason why I don't have Empire Strikes Back as my number one is because I do love it as a sequel to New Hope. Uh, I watch New Hope a lot more than I watch Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Which something tells me we might be a little bit of foreshadowing if uh, somebody else has this on their list or not. <laughs> uh, uh... I don't know. <laughs> Shifty eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for the comment, Freddie. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. like Jedi. I, I do like Jedi too, and Empire is the better. Yeah. Uh, Empire is the stronger of all the sequels, and that includes all the prequels that came out before it, and all the sequels we just wrapped up with. Um. Empire just set, plus you get the setup of uh, you get more development with Boba Fett and we get to meet Lando and it's it, it's I guess and we get introduced to Yoda too as well but it seems like with Empire what makes it so much better better of all the sequels and prequels that came before and after it is that it caught it caught lightning in a bottle. Just like the first one did. And um, for the most part, it's a pretty airtight script, too. Like, you can't find, poke too many plot holes in it or anything. Um, It kept up the same great uh, development of these characters, and it pushed the story along farther, developed it more. And uh, try not to talk too much about it. I know we're going to be talking about it again later. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll save more of my comments for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll certainly, uh, we'll certainly talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> or will we? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now you have to listen to the rest of the episode to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got you pulled in, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like when you watch a game show on TV and they go to reveal the answer right before a commercial. Yeah. We'll reveal right after this break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Melissa, what is your number eight? Uh, my number eight is uh, Ghostbusters 2. Wait, wait, you hear that? Same page. We have a winner. <laughs> Uh, I knew we'd be on the same page at some point. (laughs) (laughs) My number eight is also Ghostbusters (laughs) 2. So we can we can both talk about a movie. Yay! It's not one sided. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies first. Oh, such a gentleman. I'll let that get around. <laughs> all thirteen, all thirteen listeners, do not let it get around. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely, a, certainly a stronger, a strong sequel to the first one. Um, still a you know a fun, um, a fun film and. You know, the, the, you know, the, as I always say, you know, like the first one is usually, you know, always, always better. But you know what? I've I've watched the second one probably more times than I have the first. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's usually one that, like, all it's. I think it's whatever streaming, whatever. Um, I'll throw that on and you know, and watch that. And I, I think, honestly, I think I've watched that more than, than I have the first one, but I, I've also watched the first one a bunch of times too. But, um, but yeah, I really like the, the second one. Like it's that, you know, the continuation of the, of, you know, like the characters. And again, like it's, you've got the same characters in this one. Um, and, um, Oh, I'm blanking. Wow. I don't know where my brain was going there. Um, yeah, you've got the same characters. And so it's a continuing story. Um, and, you know, yeah, I like it just as much as the first one. Yeah. And, uh, I do. It's also a very strong sequel in my eyes too. Um, I think, if it catches any flack, probably because Vigo, the Carpathian isn't as strong of a villain as uh, a gozer is but um it is still a very strong sequel in my eyes vigo's not the best villain he was definitely a better villain than uh roman rowan or roman was in the reboot we got the all-female one Mm -hmm. but um but yeah it's you brought the whole cast back including rick moranis and uh sigourney weaver and amy amy potts so you bring even bringing back those more well, I really wouldn't call Dana much of a minor character, but you brought back like those minor characters like Rick Moranis and uh, and Annie Potts, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think what's good, uh, what really works for this sequel too, is it also shows uh, the fallout from the first movie. So mm-hmm. a little, uh, it takes place in the same universe. They acknowledge what happened. The first film did happen. 
So it's not like they just decide to go a completely different storyline, not acknowledge Gozer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it acknowledges the fact that Dana and Peter had a relationship at one point, and that, oh, God, I really want to think of a better term, but I had to say it, petered out. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning into Tim Rooney. <laughs> oh, boy. Tim, if you're listening. <laughs> Tim, if you're listening, I'm just kidding. We love you. <laughs> um, uh, so it does have that. Uh, it has the after the after effects of the first film that play a role in this film too. So that also helps quite a bit. And the, yeah, the slime that turns everybody angry is not the best or strongest way to go, but. It could have been way worse. And it, it's it's a very watchable movie. And there's often times if I watch the first one, yeah, hell yeah, I'll pop in the second one. Why not? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not a movie you dread to watch. Like, oh god, now I gotta watch two. And yeah, like, it is a very strong sequel. Absolutely, or it's it's not one of those sequels where, um, you're like you 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 don't acknowledge its existence. You know. <laughs> Because there's a lot of movies where you just know this doesn't exist. It's just because it's that crappy of a movie. Um, but um, but yeah, and I, I like that. You know, like they had the the slime, the emotional slime thing, and then they had had Vigo, and I think it was good to have sort of the two things because I think if if they had one or the other, it might not have worked i don't know or maybe it would have like if you but but then you have the addition of like you know you got the slime and then it's so i I think it works for both for both things although they're not like yeah especially vigo he's not he's not the strongest of of villains because he really doesn't do anything other than get the guy to kidnap the baby like (laughs) that's basically all he does it's like Okay, dude. <laughs> but it's it's still a good a good fun film and and I like that you know that yeah, like you said before like they acknowledge the pre- like previous stuff that happened to them or what they did and how that wasn't all you know it it you know the movie ended nicely but for them oh they you know they got into trouble and whatever, and then they kind of fell out. Like it wasn't all, oh, they're on, you know, they're they're doing really well. They kind of fall out and then build themselves up again. So it's yeah, and and I kind of like that it was sort of a different, you know, a little bit of a redemption thing again, where it's okay, they're they're building themselves up, they're creating this group, and but it was a sort of a different way of doing that again, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love it. It's such a it's a fun film. Both of them are. Yeah, if a, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't like legal stuff is why they got shut down, wasn't it? Because of all the after effects of what happened in the first film. Yeah, all the all the damages and stuff, and basically the the city sued them left, right, and center. <laughs> you see, Tony Stark. This is why you don't out yourself as Iron Man. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> You should have told them earlier. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It's been a, it's been, it's, I know, uh, Peter gets to talk to the TV show. Yeah. And then Ray and, uh, Winston, I wanted to say like, like party entertainers. And then plus Ray also owns the bookstore. Do we know what, uh, Egon does once the, uh, doesn't he does some kind of like he does all the the studies and whatever on stuff i don't know if he's at a university or if, where he is exactly but he's because like when when um dana approaches him and um like he's doing this the study on behavioral on behaviors of people and and things like that so oh yeah that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Now I couldn't. I couldn't remember that part in my head, but do I? I do know it now. I, I remember yeah. now. Um, was he like? He's like studying ch- children or something like that, wasn't he? Yeah, it was studying the the, children. Oh, or it was like a married couple. It was the married couple who were waiting for. Uh, what was it? it was waiting for an appointment to talk to a therapist or something or marriage counseling or something. And so, something along those lines. And, Oh, Oh, tell them that I have to wait another hour, half hour or something. Okay. And there, <laughs> you just see them yelling and whatever. And then it's also, he was studying a little girl and the, Oh, what would, and then like at the end of that scene, Oh, what would happen if we, uh, I think it was if they removed the teddy bear or something that you have, I can't remember, but uh, yeah. That's right. I don't know how that. I don't know how that slipped past my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> is most of I mostly remember the whole television show Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Ray and Winston dancing to the Ghostbusters theme song yeah. at the kids' party. So. So forgive me for uh, Egon's experimenting, like slipping past my mind. But yeah. there, <laughs> you're gonna call He Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Ghostbusters Two is definitely a sequel that doesn't get the love it deserves. But it, it, like we mentioned with uh, Star Wars Empire, how it caught lightning in a bottle. The first Ghostbusters was lightning in a bottle. And this also came what five years after the first one did, so uh, mm-hmm. 80, 89. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, it, it still kind of still holds up too. Yeah, so. I agree. You know, like the both it, of the it, both films have aged well, I think. It makes for it makes for a good double feature, and I really hope, I really hope Afterlife does not give us a bunch of retconning or, or, mm. or do what the first or do what the Force Awakens did and just beat us over the head with nostalgia. Yeah, that that can be fun too, but at the same time, it's like, hey, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Which is like one of the things you hear me talk about when uh, nowadays we have movies that take place in the 80s or make references to 80s things and there's two ways to do it you can be like um i call the good way to do 80s tribute 
is to like Stranger Things and the It movies where they put the subtle hints in there, like having the Beetlejuice posters in the background or Batman 89 the movie marquee or having He-Man on the TV. But then you do it like how The Wedding Singer is or how this movie Take Me Home Tonight is where they just beat you over the head with senseless 80s references. Like, hey, remember breakdancing? Hey, remember fluorescent colored clothes? Remember cocaine? <laughs> they just beat you over the head with it. So I really hope I am excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife if we get it next year, hopefully. Mm. Um, that it... I, I just hope they just don't beat us over the head with the first two movies, but have it say, yeah, they these guys did fight Gozer, these guys did fight Vigo. But I, mm-hmm. I just hope they treat I just hope they treat the new one with with care because otherwise they're going to have a lot of fanboys after them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be. Um like a nostalgia thing but you know you never know and i really i really hope it's not you know it's it like be a sort of a continuation of that of that story in that in that universe because to completely forget all of that would just be i think ridiculous but (laughs) learn from them learn from the mistakes of the force awakens i do like the force awakens (laughs) but but yeah. I can see the criticism is the Force Awakens is essentially just like a remake of A New Hope. Pretty much, in many yeah. Way. In in many ways. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just basically everybody, you know, aged up and you know a lot much older than they were then, and you know, it's just yeah, it's it's very much that, um, you know, and then like. You know, Rise of Skywalker too. Like it's just, I find that one to be a, a greatest hits of previous. But anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah. We we could put a pin this discussion when Ghostbusters three comes out next year. <laughs> yep, which is gonna damn it. <laughs> it better be. We're supposed mm. to get it. We're supposed to. Already- have it by now we're supposed to get it three weeks ago exactly (sighs) so (laughs) on the bigger and brighter and happier things what is your number seven favorite sequel uh my number seven uh favorite sequel is indiana jones and the temple of doom kalima kalima Yeah, yeah. I I really really love this movie. I think it's uh, um, I think it's really good, and it's it's a, it's a again another good story. That little bit darker, of course. Um, not as sort of lighthearted as Raiders, but um, you know, it, it's got it's got the lighthearted moments and uh, um. And then the you know the darker tones as you go along, and but it's a very you know solid story and and you know a lot of fun to a lot of fun to watch, and um, you know I really like and uh, I was watching a behind the scenes um, 
Indiana Jones documentary of like talking about the movies and stuff, and they got to talking about Temple of Doom, and it was funny near the end. Um, Steven Spielberg, he was like, "Oh, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, at the end he gets the girl," but then he's like, "I really did," <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with his like smug face because obviously he did. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, you know, and and I really like it. You know, at the beginning of it, where like they have the whole musical number, and I know that was something that um, Steven Spielberg really wanted to do. He wanted to. He's always wanted to direct a musical, so he got to. He said, "You know what? Let's start this with like you know the musical number to introduce the the character." And and uh, so yeah, it was kind of neat. And yeah, and then like short round, he's absolutely hilarious and uh you know he's <laughs> and what's really nice is he's he's hilarious but he's also not that he's definitely not the plucky comic relief you know it's just there for the humor like he's you know he he's got the humor but he's also part of a part of the story and the adventure so um that's what i really like too is there to break up the tense moments so those yeah. tense moments mean more oh exactly yeah, absolutely. It's, it feels like I feel like I've, it feels like it's been ages since I've seen these Indiana Jones movies, so they're a little foggy in my brain right now. But do um, you think he could get away with making short round as stereotypical as he is nowadays? Oh God, no! <laughs> you could not get away with that whatsoever. Um. Yeah, that would that would not go over well. You would have to be, you'd have to make him really boring, and and it would fall flat. <laughs> same with like same with like Data and Goonies. You gotta can't make him stereotypical. Yeah. But uh, I do uh, say Indiana Jones movies are a little. I need to revisit them because they're a little foggy in my memory. But I think Temple of Doom. Is it the Temple of Doom or Raiders of the Lost Ark was just at our local drive-in. I can't remember which one. But they paired it with uh, Grease for some odd reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not show like why not show Raiders and Temple or Temple and uh, Last Crusade or something? Yeah, or, or have... Or if you're not going to show two Indiana Jones movies, have the Indiana Jones movie and then have something like it like another action adventure film like or just play that one <laughs> Greece is like completely swinging to the other side of the spectrum here <laughs> well they've, they, they've they've been throwing a, they've been throwing a lot of haymakers lately but the only one the only double feature they showed so far that I wanted to see but I missed it because it was so damn hot outside it was jaws and jurassic park i'm like oh that would have been a perfect double feature to go see on the big screen mm. but uh maybe even like temple and goonies would have been a good double that have been a good yeah. pairing yeah it's just that again that like adventure story and yeah i, I think that that works a lot better than freaking grease like <laughs> i just <laughs> Oh, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess. I guess. Whatever you got, you know. Maybe you got the person who really likes Indiana Jones, and then the other person. Well, they they 
nah, but they like grease, so you you got the best of, of both things, I guess. But it's I yeah. haven't. I haven't driven past. I haven't driven past there in a while, but I want to say the last one I saw advertised was Shrek and the Empire Strikes Back. They really love spectrum swinging, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> this epic dark story to freaking lighthearted Shrek. Like, <laughs> alrighty. Um, and I want to say. I want. To, I have to ask Jason, but I think Jason just went to the, the bluegrass drive and down outside of Davenport here. I think it was Empire yeah. and Ghostbusters, mm. which yeah, had being a double feature too. That would be yeah, yeah. Our we have um, a couple uh, local drive-ins now. Um, I know usually it's just one movie that they play. Um, they don't usually do two of them. I don't know about the other one, if they do two movies or if they just do one. But I know recently, actually recently, they just did, it was yesterday, they, um, they played Grease. Oh, I kind of wanted to get tickets for that, because that would have been kind of cool, like, to drive in and watch a movie, but uh, I didn't get there. And it sold out, like, super quick, so. But. I think, uh. I think they're doing like a makeshift drive-in here at the mall, which is not too far from my house. I think they're doing Beetlejuice here coming up pretty soon. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, Temple, Temple of Doom is still vague in my memory, but I do um, I watched the short-lived Clerks cartoon back in the day, and they did a, they made a call back to Temple of Doom where they're doing the heart-tearing the heart scene. <laughs> and you see Jay and Silent Bob and Dante and Randall all watching from like high up and they do the heart tearing thing and didn't hear Jay go, Yeah, tear his heart out. (laughs) (laughs) The high high priest goes, Well, that just ruined it. Get them. Indiana Jones is uh, Indiana Jones is like up there with like staples of pop culture down here, in the, at least here in the states. Like, put them up there with Star Trek, Star Wars. Indiana Jones is like definitely one of those uh, pillars of uh, pop culture down here. Gets mm-hmm. referenced quite a bit. It gets referenced in uh, Weird Al Yankovic's movie UHF too. I think it's like the opening scene that pays pays an homage to the whole Boulder scene and everything. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. It's it's definitely up there in the the you know, it's it could be also it's like a classic movie and it's one of those, you know, movies trilogy of movies that you have to watch, you know. Um just like when you know, when I was a kid being introduced to films and it was Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Uh, those were the ones that <laughs> I was first introduced to. Or it was like mandatory that I'd be introduced to them. <laughs> <laughs> so. And uh, I've heard rumors that we're getting another Indiana Jones movie here whenever. As long as hopefully Harrison Ford comes back to it. And, um, I think well, he's the only. It, I think he's the only one left in that whole project. <laughs> I'm sure they For, wrote him wrote him wrote him a big enough check. Oh, probably. Here, 
Harrison, we want you back. Stay out of planes. We need you healthy. Yeah, yeah. Don't go flying helicopters, please. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you do, have somebody else pilot it. <laughs> we don't need you uh, crashing into golf courses. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hopefully, and at least our gener well, maybe your gen. I mean, you're a little bit have probably have just like a tiny bit of generational gap. Um, but maybe your generation is probably one of the last ones that still has that nostalgia for Indiana Jones. So, like mm-hmm. yours and Tim's generation, mine generation, and like guys' generation are still holding on to that. Uh, hold on that nostalgia for Indiana Jones. So hopefully it when they do make another one that's still as successful, it brings back all those older fans to come back and relive it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. I think we, we definitely hold that nostalgia to it. And like this, you know, the new generation, not so much, but, um, but you know, um, you would hope that the parents are introducing their kids to that stuff because they need to be. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it's. I hope it'll be a good movie if they, if if it gets off the ground and is made. Um, so yeah, I, I I hope they, you know. Although it can't, you know, can or can it be any worse than Crystal Skull? I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> What what's this crystal skull you speak of? I've never heard of it. Oh, uh, that oh, sounds wait. made up. I think. Oh yeah, I it's think, just rumors. Sorry. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you're making. I think you're making things up. <laughs> no, it was something they they thought of, but then they th- they didn't go through with it. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> one one or two articles about it, and then uh, I just faded off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, moving on to a sequel that does exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> my number seven was uh, Major League Two, which uh, <clears throat> other. This might be a sequel, much like Ghostbusters Two was with you. A sequel I might watch more than the original, just like I did was with Grumpier Old Men. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into the sports movies. Um, as it was a lot as I was as a lot as a kid. Um, Major League Two it has one of the factors that we do talk about a lot. How it has a most of the returning cast coming in, and it it brings up a good point that we just did with Harry Potter about um, this was a casting change we had in this movie. In the first movie, first Major League movie, we had uh, Wesley Snipes playing willie mays hayes now in the second one we got omar epps playing the same character willie mays hayes so there's that little kind of like what i just mentioned with batman begins in dark knight you get that little change there now you have to like rebuy into the character all over again but uh did bring did bring back a lot of uh returning characters like uh tom berenger charlie sheen corbin bernson uh i always forget his name he's in the all-state commercials now but uh he plays uh Pedro Serrano in the first well he plays Pedro in all three movies he's one of the few characters that made it through all three movies but um, but it also brings in a lot of new characters like Rube and uh, 
Japanese ball player Taka Tanaka, who is just fucking hilarious because his lack of his grip. They use the subtitles on because he doesn't speak English. Or but another return character is Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker is in all three movies too, and Bob Uecker's commentary is just fucking hilarious in all these movies. And um, and a lot of it it has somewhat the same plot as the first major league did. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the first major league movie is the Cleveland Indians. Um, the owner of the Indians dies. So his wife takes the team over. She wants to move the team to Florida. So she constructs this team that is destined to finish dead last. So she can sell the team, move to Florida and all that stuff, move them to Florida. So they end up winning the pennant when they catch wind of this. And, uh, Second one starts off with like some of these guys that you got to know in the first, like Charlie Sheen's character, who was a prisoner at the beginning of the first movie, ends up becoming a pitcher. He gets all the success. He loses his edge a little bit. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes becomes a movie actor, an action star, hurts himself, and all that stuff. He get, success goes to his head. Then you have um, Tom Berenger's character, who was like a veteran catcher in the movie. Now he's still a veteran. Now he's kind of fourth. They want him to be more of a coach instead of a player. So you see it to see the downslope of his career. And then it just, and then uh, Roger Dorn, who was in the third baseman in the first movie, third baseman shortstop, not important, but he ends up uh, retiring at the end of the first movie and buying the team at the beginning of the second one. He can't afford it, sells it back to the original owner. And we're back to same thing again where now so we got these players trying to find their way again, but also win despite the owner. So a little bit of uh rehashing the first one, but at the same time introducing a little more character development, character plot. So try to see Charlie Sheen's character find himself again. Try to see Omar Epps trying to find his character again. Uh, Tom Berenger's character starting to like accept his role as being the uh, veteran instead of the uh, or being the transition to that coaching role instead of uh, being the veteran catcher behind the plate, which they bring in the, the new young catcher, Rube Baker, who's a catcher who can't throw the ball back to the pitcher. Which is a great comic uh, moment there, but uh, and, and the third movie, Major League Three: Back to the Miners, is a good sequel too. Uh, it's not as strong as number two is as a sequel, but it's still pretty entertaining. They, but by that point, you don't have many of the original cast left in it, and essentially, it's like the same thing, only it's the minor league team taking on the major league team. But uh, and it's a lot more played for laughs, I think, than the first two are. But um, Major League Two is a very solid sequel, especially if you're into sports movies, like baseball movies. And this is like a mid-to-early 90s movie, too, so it's still pretty funny. And it's got that kind of comedy. And so if, if, you, if you have a, a soft spot for like that kind of market, like the baseball movies, the football movies, kind of like I recommended The Replacements to you, mm-hmm. or if you're into the Slapshot movies or Mighty Ducks movies, or baseball movies like Rookie of the Year or Little Big League, then be right up your alley, I think. Yeah. 
I have the I have the first one, uh, first major league on on a watch list. So I I definitely want to check that out, and I'll certainly check out the sequel too. Because yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of those ones. I know of them, like I've I've certainly heard of them, and but I just never got around to um, around to watching them. So yeah, it's definitely sound like great movies to to check out. Well, uh, what is your number six? Uh, my number six is Iron Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when Marvel could do no wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Back when they didn't have plot holes everywhere in movies. <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> Uh, sorry, <laughs> cough there. <laughs> personally, I, personally, I'd say anything, anything after Age of Ultron, besides Doctor yeah. Strange, Black Panther, Guardians Two. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, Age of Ultron, and oh, what was the other one? I'm thinking of. Isn't there another one in there? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man Three. Yes. <laughs> What's what's that one? I've never heard of it. <laughs> Did they actually make that one? There's only there's only two Iron Man movies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. One one was in the process of being made, and uh, just kind of you know fell through. <laughs> but yeah, up from Iron Man three, and then like Age of Ultron, and all those. It's, eh. Civil yeah. War. Yeah. Yeah, although um, although my friend Jenny and I had fun with with uh, Civil War though, because you know I, I was very much you know fan of Iron Man, so obviously I'm Team Stark, and she loves Captain America, so she's Team Cap. So it was just hilarious. We had like a friendly rivalry. It's like you know we're we go see this movie like we're frenemies now. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we we had fun with that, but uh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I um but yeah, with Iron Man 2, I definitely enjoyed it and um you know, I like how they, you know, continued, you know, at like the end of the first one how he reveals he's Iron Man and then that continues in the second one and sort of the repercussions of him you know, revealing who he is because he just can't keep his damn trap shut. <laughs> so, yeah, it, and yeah, it's, you know, the media is all over him and how he's, you know, this is who he is. And then, um, you know, we've got, um, you know, the villain, um, you know, Ivan, who sees all this and he's basically like, it's almost like a shrine <laughs> to, to Stark Industries and Tony Stark. Like if you see in his, like his space that he lives in, it's like, oh my god! And then he, you know, creates his his thing to you know attack Tony and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's just such a strong story. I think like it's just, it's a good continuation of of that story and him, you know, 
um, being Iron Man and and then um, you know dealing with the you know with Ivan and then also Justin Hammer and you know so yeah I think it's it's certainly a lot of fun and and um, that one I think I've watched maybe a little bit more than the first one but I've I've watched both equally because I, I love them both. I think they're they're great movies. They're a lot of fun. I I think I've probably watched. I don't own either of them now anymore. I used to own the first two movies, but I just didn't watch them as much, so I end up donating them. I think, but uh, I do. I think I remember liking Iron Man two just a little bit more than the first one. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Mickey Rourke's Riplash gets kind of lost in the shuffle of Marvel villains just because they had so many. Because you think of, well, once Thanos came on the scene, you pretty much like either him or Loki is like all you really talked about mm-hmm. when it came to villains. Um, but uh, I really liked, much like, uh, I also like love Kurt Russell's ego from Guardians 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really thought Mickey works. Yeah, Mickey works. Whiplash really does get lost in the shuffle of Marvel villains, and um, it's just kind of sad because he he had, it was a good performance, and that was like in the height height of like a Mickey Rourke uh, renaissance of his career. Yeah, at, at too far off the time he did the he did the wrestler, and I don't know if he's probably getting close to doing the second Sin City movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, and um, then he was I don't know. Yeah, and then he was also in. Um, I think it was was it Expendables two. I think he was in. Might have been. The second, yeah, um, you know, he was in that, and I, I really liked him in that one too. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, it is really sad that his his character gets lost because I, I think he was a really great character. Um, Certainly a, a great villain, and certainly one that kind of, you know, um, is smart. Like he 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 really, you know, he he's got he's got the knowledge of technology and all that stuff, and like how he builds all those uh, drones and stuff, and um, you know, he he's certainly a challenge for, you know, uh, for Iron Man, and um, yeah, I really liked him and. It is sad that like he just he just kind of got shoved away for you know shoved away and then oh here's Loki and then oh here's Thanos and it's like well <laughs> you know yeah they're fine but you know Whiplash is just as good so look at him you know but yeah. Well, Iron Man Two is before Winter Soldier, wasn't it? So then, he, right on time, Bucky. It's right on time, Bucky comes on the scene. So, mm-hmm. for he's like the quote-unquote villain of that movie, and then Hydra and well, Hydra is always a, a threat always. in Captain America movies, but uh, yeah. And then Bucky comes. Bucky comes on the scene. So, like the more movies that came out after Iron Man Two, the more Whiplash gets buried, and, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of sad. And it's. A, a, a real good villain too is also somebody that's also not only a physical threat to, to the hero, but also mentally can be a threat to them. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get the guy who's just pure muscle that's just like like a, a a killer croc, for example, with Batman. He's not much of a he's not much of a uh, mental uh, combatant for Batman, but he can just pummel the shit out of him. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna use like all Batman villains here because I know those better. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then you have somebody like the Riddler who is more of a mental combatant for Batman as opposed to physical. Mm-hmm. You combine them, you get somebody like Bane who is both mentally and physically uh, matched to Batman and can beat the crap out of him mentally and physically. Absolutely, so, yeah. It's not just an angry... As what they call on uh, Phineas and Ferb, what they call uh, Buford, an angry wall of meat. <laughs> <laughs> so to have uh, Mickey Rourke's character of uh, Whiplash be uh, more than just an angry wall of meat, but he can he can stand his own, he can stand toe to toe on Tony Stark uh, mentally and physically, mm-hmm. makes him more of an overall threat. Oh, exactly, and and that's what I really like too is. You know, not many can sort of best, you know, Tony, especially like mentally, because him being you know genius that he is. But when you have that character who, yeah, I can, you know, step be basically on an equal plane. That's where the good challenge is, you know. And and I really like that when you have that perfect blend of, of you know, mentally and and physically challenging a character, because you know you if you make it where you know, either or, it just doesn't, you know, it, it can work. But I feel like mentally would work a little works better than physically because, like, oh, yeah, you can beat the crap out of them. But, you know, if somebody's a little bit smarter, yeah, he can get beaten the shit out of, but he can also best him in, in other ways, too. So, but, um, yeah, I definitely like that like, he was definitely a strong villain. And, um you know, and and yeah, I really liked him, and I'm glad they, you know, I, it's it's sad that you know he he did kind of get tossed to the side because he he's just as good as any other villain, you know, um, he's he's better than Loki and Thanos. Just saying, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm probably gonna get hate mail for that, but <laughs> standing my ground on that. <laughs> Well, uh, I know I threw all those Batman villains out there, but I guess a, a good Marvel example too, like Whiplash, was uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger in uh, Black Panther. He was a good uh, match for T'Challa, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. He was a good opponent mentally and physically to T'Challa. So, so Marvel does Marvel can do that good balance of physical and and mental equals. You look at Chris Hemsworth and you look at Tom Hiddleston. Like, come on, Chris, Chris Hemsworth could beat the shit out of Tom Hiddleston easily. But Loki, yeah. Loki's more of that. Loki's more of that mental, uh, that mental psychological combatant than the physical one. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely yeah. He's more. He runs more on intelligence than than really anything else. Whereas Thor is just pure like physical beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> Which, you know, it's fine, whatever, but you know. I, I like the, the balance of the of the two. You know, where you've got the, the intelligence and then you also have the like the physical 
because then it just offers that whole challenge and it, it it's you know it doesn't make it easy which is good you know that's what you want you know you don't want to make it easy for anybody <laughs> yeah and plus we also get the introduction of black widow in this movie too so yes you do which is probably one of the most serviceable roles she's played in the universe in a long time, actually, because then over the years they start pushing her more off to the side. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably this and uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Then after, then after a while, she gets pushed more and more off to the side. Yeah, she definitely becomes more of a, a background character. Um, you know, it, it kind of seemed like they don't really know what to do with her, so they just kind of okay. We 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 knew what we were going to do with you. We did what we did, and then uh, well, we're just gonna put you over here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I try to explain to people why I'm not super excited for a Black Widow movie. I'm like, well, yeah, she really hasn't she really hasn't done much for me in the last few years. I guess no. she's a good supporting she's a good supporting character, but but that, that's about it really. Yeah, I, I recently the they, so the way they've handled her over the last few years, it's like uh, yeah, not too excited for a Black Widow movie. No, I recently talked about that movie and and um, with a couple friends of mine and and they're they're you know excited for it, but I said like I'm not really like I I've watched the trailer at least twice and I just can't get into it. But then like. Black Widow was never really a, a favorite character of mine. I didn't really get into her all that much. Like, yeah, she she can kick ass and whatever, but eh, she she didn't really do it for me, like at all. So, you know, it, it just uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm not too excited for the for the film, and I probably won't see it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, like I've I've said it numerous times before, props to Marvel for taking like these D level characters like Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, and Ant Man, and just making blockbuster films out of them. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like I'm not too excited for it. They 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 didn't have the advantage. Like everybody knows, even if you don't read comics, everybody knows who Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are. Oh yeah. So you didn't need movies and movies and movies of them to to establish them to get them a, a character. Mm-hmm. But before these movies start coming out, nobody really knew. Only the diehards knew who Iron Man was, who Black Widow was. They, Captain America is probably one of the most well-known Marvel besides all the X Men. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, so like I said, props to Marvel for like taking a lot of these lower-level characters and making billion-dollar movies out of them. But um. Okay. And if you would have made, the, if you would have started with a Black Widow movie like ten years ago, or how long was it? Two thousand was two thousand seven the first Iron Man movie? Uh, I think it was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Uh, sounds right. Because Iron Man two, it looks like it was twenty ten. And uh, yeah, two thousand eight. Was the first yeah, see, one. Yeah, like 2008, 2009. It's like 2000, between 2008 and 2012, let's say. If you would have pitched a Black Widow movie back then, like 
besides the real diehard Marvel fans, who's really going to see that? Oh, exactly. And, you know, now that you know her, it's like, okay, now they can make, you know, the, the it, sort of independent film um, with her in it. Like, you know, you can you kind of get to know her a little bit more and whatever. So it makes sense. But, yeah, years, like, previously, yeah, no, it, it wouldn't have, um, probably wouldn't have gone over well. It would have been like, who's that, you know? <laughs> That's so more like I'll probably still go see it when it comes out next year, but uh, I really wish they would have served her character better as well as they did in this, and as well as they did in Iron Man Two and Captain America: Winter Soldier. If they would continue to serve her character as well, mm-hmm. maybe I'd maybe I'd be more excited instead of yeah. just pushing her off to the background there, or not necessarily yeah. background, but more of a supporting role. Hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm really on the fence if I want to see it or not. I'm, I probably, I don't feel like I will. It'll be or one that maybe I'll rent or something when it even comes out or whatever. Or like maybe something like that. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I'm not really excited for it, it's like, eh, is it really worth my going to see it? Nah, not really. <laughs> Uh, even even though or, uh, even if my my buddy David Harbour's in it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll probably I'll, I'm guess I'll probably still go see it. Um, I've been ripping on Marvel movies a lot lately, and there, like I said, there's been some I have enjoyed post Age of Ultron, mm. but. Who knows? Maybe I'll like it more than Captain Marvel, but that shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you like Captain Marvel over uh, Black Widow, there's an issue. <laughs> but, uh, we're going to swing over to the other playground. For my number six, and that's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Nice, that's a good choice. Which a movie kind of like that? Well, I think Iron Man two gets lost in the shuffle of Marvel movies as well. Absolutely. Once they started teaming everybody up, and they started Iron Man two started getting lost in the shuffle. Um, mm-hmm. But BVS more is like the black sheep of the universe just because it was so. It's an air quote box office bomb that made eight hundred million dollars at the box office. Yeah. Which and to this day, what now four years later, I've still failed to see how this movie is a bomb just because it didn't make a billion dollars. I still exactly. debate to this day that it's a good movie. Um and it all goes back to the biggest problem with DC movies is Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And this is the first sign where they just started meddling so much with things because they're trying to play catch up with Marvel instead of they should just need they need to I just had this discussion this morning actually before we're on the air that 
stop trying to compete with Marvel. Do your own thing. Trust your directors. It will work. Exactly. And yeah, and I was so stoked when I heard this movie because we're I I loved Man of Steel, and I saw when we're getting okay we're we're finally getting Batman and Superman together on the same screen. Finally, after what those two characters been around almost seventy five years at that point of them of, of them being announced, we're finally getting a live action Batman and Superman together. Mm-hmm. And okay, when Ben Affleck was first announced, I was a little I was on the fence like. Uh, Affleck, okay, and then, then Kevin Smith here and Kevin Smith talk about it. It really convinced me that Affleck is a fan of Batman. He's a comic book reader, also. Okay, now, now I'm excited, and then you see Affleck in the costume. Like, okay, this movie's gonna be great. I can't wait. And then Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Like, okay, and you see him in the first trailer. And they go, oh, it's still weary, but. Eisenberg got better the more you watch him and the more you think of him. And if you think about his character, his portrayal of Lex in a different mindset, okay, it makes sense. And then you see that, and like a lot of people say, probably revealing Doomsday in the trailer was probably the first strike. I, I love that we were getting Doomsday. In the trailer, because my first reaction was like, wait a minute, is that fucking Doomsday? <laughs> but if you know your history of Doomsday and Superman, you know what's coming. We're getting the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was still so, so stoked that we were finally getting, because for years, going back to the first Superman movie, all we got for Superman villains up to this point, including Man of Steel, all we've had is Lex Luthor and Zod. Unless you count Nuclear Man from Superman 4, Quest for Peace. <laughs> but, uh, so we were finally getting a different Superman villain that wasn't Zod or Luther. But, you know, the, it was inevitable what was going to happen at the end of that movie. Yeah. But, I just still failed. And, yeah, and DC movies are darker and grittier, which I like about them. And I've recently watched Venom for the first time. It's something I did. I didn't put it off because it was a Marvel movie or part of the Spider-Man universe. It was just something I didn't get around to until recently. And uh, my first reaction of Venom was I liked it, but I wish it had a little bit of that less of that Marvel fluff in it. Because mm. I think Venom is a character you can get away with being like darker and grittier. So, which I. I the Marvel, fl- the quote-unquote Marvel fluff, works for stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy, or maybe even Ant Man, a little bit more light-hearted stuff. Yeah. But uh, I just love the dark dirtiness of of uh, Donna Justice, mm-hmm. and plus we get the reveal of Wonder Woman finally. So now we're finally getting our first look at a live-action Wonder Woman on screen. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned. Stay tuned for our next episode. You'll hear me mention this again when we talk about our favorite movie scenes of all time. Um, we introduced the beautiful Gal Gadot as uh, Princess Diana of Themyscira, and uh, 
it really was just the first signs of Warner Brothers meddling with this, just trying to play catch up with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then the plot was all over the place in the, in the theatrical cut. And you get the director's cut and you get to see the plot makes a little more sense. But I do love like watching the fight between Batman and Superman. Like one of the first things that trailer that got my blood boiling ready to excited was uh, when Batman has his uh, armor suit on and Superman goes to punch him and he catches Superman's fist. And this that look Superman gives like that's fucking awesome. I can't wait to see this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going to see this movie in the theater. I was like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like I was like, I, you couldn't get cut the grin off my face. watching this movie. Like I was, I was like, Oh God, this is fucking great. The whole time I watched this movie, <laughs> all three times I saw it in the theater, I just loved it. Now it's just a theatrical version. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, Warner Brother liked the metal too much in it. Plus, I, I, I glossed over her Amy Adams' good, great performance as uh, as uh, Lois. Mm-hmm. And, Jer- and Jeremy Irons as uh, Alfred. Uh, I'd say he's probably my favorite Alfred. No, no offense to Michael Go or uh, Michael Michael Caine, but I think Jeremy Irons probably has to be my favorite Alfred. I love the I love the dynamic between Affleck and Jeremy Irons too, as Alfred and Bruce. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Zack Snyder did catch like the perfect. Him and Affleck did catch like this perfect uh, portrayal of how Batman sees Superman. He sees him as this threat. If he were to be evil, who could stop him? Like no big if, like the Earth would be screwed if Superman decided to go evil. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I believe if he says in the movie, like, even if there's a a milli, like a millimeter or a slight chance of him of this happening, we need to be prepared for it. That's not the exact that not the exact quote, but it's like a paraphrasing. There's like a millifraction of a thoughts that this could happen and we need to be prepared for it Mm -hmm. yeah it it just broke my heart to see so many people crap on this movie and uh, people shitting on Affleck or then there are are some people that came around to Affleck after they seen the movie Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's really not yeah it's so not fair that it gets that it gets a lot, of the, a lot of the crap that it does, and specifically with, um, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, which I fucking love. I I think he he freaking he did an amazing job with with that character, and I love how, you know, I really love how just it shows that he's done this for twenty plus years. Like it just shows, and and it just makes him that much of a, you know, sort of a darker character and and yeah just the the whole movie is just awesome you know and it was funny because like a friend of mine had had seen it and kind of told me about it and and was just like no this isn't it's like complete crap it's a dumpster fire it's whatever and don't get me started on ben affleck and and like okay and then i go to see it and i'm like what's the 
I don't know how this is a dumpster fire, <laughs> number one. This is really a great story, and I, I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I think it's fucking amazing. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's It really sucks. And it, it is, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, people did come around, you know, that, okay, he, he's good, you know. And I, it's that healthy skepticism at first. We've all had that. And then it's like, okay, you know, it, it blows you out of the water and it's just, okay, he's good, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I love the film, too. I think it's just awesome. It's magnificent. <laughs> and it's in the, Jesse Eisenberg catches a lot of the flack, too, for his casting, too. and He does, yeah. I believe it was either Andy or Jamie on Holy Backcast looked at it. They kind of flipped my mind on looking at it is they played them. He played it as being socially awkward. So when he's in these public performances, like when he's at the library, speaking at the library, at the library fundraiser, mm-hmm. he's more socially awkward yeah. um, because it made me think of like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Sheldon is super intelligent, but when it comes to these social interactions, he's very socially awkward because mm-hmm. he doesn't know. Almost like he's on a, for like a better term, he's on like a different level. Everybody else, so he's very, very book smart. But when it comes to being on the uh, on a more social level, it's more like he's awkward, doesn't know how to behave. Yeah. But when you so when you see Jesse Eisenberg in speaking to the Congress or speaking at the, at the fundraiser, he's very awkward in his his kid more. Plus it's Lex jr. Not Lex mm-hmm. Luther. Cause he says in the movie, my father was the Lex in front of the core. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's why he has hair. Plus go back. Gene, <laughs> Gene, ha- plus Gene Hackman had hair in the first Superman movie. So <laughs> screw you. People that say, Oh, Lex Luther is only supposed to be bald. Gene Hackman had hair. Nobody complained back then. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But but then when you see Jesse Eisenberg or his Lex in these more one-on-one situations where he's with uh, Holly Hunter's character or he's with the other senator or when he's with Amy Adams, it's more maniacal and more, um, more maniacal and he's not stuttering over himself and coming off more intelligent all that stuff so mm-hmm. it, it really comes off it's you can really once that uh point of view is uh shown to me or explained to me i saw it that's how i saw it and it made a lot more sense like hey justin eisenberg is not so bad after all yeah yeah i i i didn't yeah, I definitely didn't so much get into him sort of at first, but I was like, okay, like thinking of who the character is and okay, he's, he's, yeah, that socially awkward with groups of people, but then when he's not, it's like, okay, he's, you know, he kind of, he kind of finds that comfort zone where he's like, he can be intelligent and he can also be strong in, in, you know, talking to somebody else, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't so bad near the, near the end of the movie. <laughs> At the beginning, it was like, eh. but, eh, it's a very minor nitpick. 
Because otherwise yeah. the movie's flawless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once you once you look at it through that lens, like oh, he's he's a he's an intellect who's socially awkward. Once you see it through that lens, like oh, okay, that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But a movie, people, a movie does not have to make a billion dollars to be good. No. Hey, no. I wish I wish I could make a movie that made eight hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> right. That'd be amazing. So. So. Oh, holy shit, an hour and a half in, we're just now getting to our number five. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, Jared, from the past. Yeah, this episode ran a little long. Uh, I can only speak for myself. I love a good, long podcast, but I do not like to edit a good, long podcast, and we don't want to keep you from your time. So we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be back next week with part two of our favorite movie sequels of all time. Plus, you know what? It kind of makes sense because our first episode was two parts. Now, the sequels is two parts. We'll see you next week, guys. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>